Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Warm-ups, not really, but when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I just woke up feeling real dangerous. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review because it makes us easier to find for every other podcast listener. I'm your host, Kamir Morabian, joined by my co-host, Jack Shields. How's your week been so far? It is Monday. It's uh, fairly uneventful, the week. The weekend was very good, though, going to the game and all that kind of stuff. I observed the uh, time-honored Sooner tradition of leaving at halftime <laughs> of a blowout and going to O'Connell's and then blacking out a little bit. So you're, what you're telling me is that you did not... Got Diamond Dogs, too. That always makes the weekend good. You did not get to see Spencer Rattler play. I did not. It was a it was a sight to see, man. Yeah, the highlights look pretty good. And he's pretty good. So. Yeah. yeah, that throw to Bridges, man. That was a tight little window there. and it was Bridges, like, Stogner. I had to like rewind it just to see the ball. You know yeah. what I mean? It was He zips it, man. He had a couple of the Bridges. Uh, one, of course, where he got the touchdown. One, Bridges just took it and turned the corner and tried to get scamper upfield for the touchdown. The other was a pretty high pass to Stogner, and he fit in a tiny window, um, and then he had a couple of nice runs, and one really, I think it was a, I think it was a really bad pass. Well, it wasn't a bad pass. It was just a bad play to Hazelwood where he kind of just threw it, or Theo Weiss maybe, one of the freshman wide receivers where he just threw it, and he got tackled for like a loss. It was like second and eleven. But yeah, I'm really all three quarterbacks looked pretty good this past Saturday. But it's it's hard not to look good against South Dakota. They were probably tired, dead tired, and you have three quarterbacks that are you know pretty good, a lot better than what you have on roster if you're the Coyotes. Absolutely, yeah. I don't think they were giant fans of the Heat either. We talked to a few South Dakota fans before the game. They were uh, not faring too well. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, we, we practice in the middle of the day, and uh, it's humid. I was like, humid in, so- humid in South Dakota. <laughs> really? Humid in South Dakota. It's the hottest game day of the year, and you're like, oh, well, we practice in the humid day of South Dakota. Humid day in South Dakota. It, it's still, like, only 79, 80 degrees, yeah. probably. That's what I'm saying. Like, it hits that maybe at, like, 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning in Oklahoma, and it yeah, still pretty sucks. Much. Speaking of which, Pasadena's going to be hottest balls <laughs> on game day. Like, it's mm. projected high of 97. Ugh. Yeah. 
That's no fun. No. Chip Kelly's going to be extra Yeah, you're a little further inland in Pasadena. You don't really get that coolness off the uh, off the ocean there, but... That's a shame. Not great. And it's especially bad because, like, the high there was, like, 80 today. But it's, like, 97 on game day. Well, We're getting the shaft. At least Oklahoma gets to play at night, so that's good. I guess yeah. like their, their third night Granted, game in a row. It starts at 5 there, so it's going to oh, be pretty hot. Oh, that's right. Good yeah. call. And um, you know, are you going? Did you find out? I'm not. I'm not going. Ah. I decided. I decided to be an okay human and just go to the wedding. There you go. That's okay. I'm you can su- live with that. I'm supposed to be. Are, in the is wedding. there gonna? Oh, you're in the wedding. <clears throat> yeah. Oh well, then that's different. Obviously, you have to be there. I found out I was an usher. Uh, oh well, uh, usher. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, y- you could maybe skip out on usher. I yeah. don't know, but maybe not. The fact that they chose to include you in the wedding feel like you have to go. Yeah, and she was like, I can't wait uh, to see you. And everybody else there was like, oh, okay. I'm kind of upset. I'm still kind of upset about it. But <laughs> who has a wedding? You'll live. Who has well, a wedding is it during fall? the game? Uh, I need to. <laughs> this sounds really bad. I need to go find the invitation to find out what time and what time the rehearsals are. Pretty important. I think it's. I think it's. In, I'm certain it's in the afternoon, but I don't know how late it lasts to the evening. Yeah, so you're probably gonna need to have a TV at the reception somewhere. Well, the groom said they were gonna have a TV. They usually do. Like, there's usually a room for the groomsmen and stuff like that, and there's usually a TV in there and stuff like that. And then the bride said no. What? Yeah, and I'm friends with the bride, and I said... You're going to have a fall wedding, and you're not allowing a television in the groom room? That's what I said, and I said... That's booty. I said, don't get angry when I'm watching, when I'm streaming this game out loud with no headphones during your wedding vows, because it's the important things in life. I feel like she's just asking for that kind of thing to happen. Yeah. I don't know who this person is, so I'm gonna. Her name is Emily, and she's ruining my game day experience. <laughs> Man, but uh, you know we were up pretty early this morning, yeah. We were up early this morning because we were talking to our good friend. Now he's our good friend, Kirk Herbstreit. He's we, my we best call friend. Him, yeah. We call him Herbie now. Herbie, because we're on that kind of basis. You got a pretty funny story about it <laughs> before. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, it was a good it was a, it was a good talk, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I uh, I was very nervous. I will say that because you know I he you know grew up you know he was on my television as a little yeah. kid. Like once I graduated from Saturday morning cartoons, it was college game day. Kurt Herbstreit, Corso, and Chris Fowler were the people. So I mean, he's like them. on a pedestal. Like I used to work in like sports information and stuff like that. So like I was around famous people quite a bit, and I'm usually not like starstruck or anything like that. But this was like a little different. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I was nervous that I was going to call him Kurt the whole time. Yeah, Kirk. But I did call him Kirk. So Kirk Herb Street crisis averted. That's pretty cool. So, but yeah, we talked to Kirk Herbstreit about Oklahoma Athletics, Oklahoma Football, Lincoln Riley. We plugged the thing he wanted us to yes, plug the, at the last minute because we didn't know about it. Yeah, it was. It's That's a pretty funny fault, story. By the way, I went back and looked through the email, and they did want that the whole time. Damn it! I'm sorry. Come man. on, man. I'm sorry. I dropped the ball there. Like they, you'll see. But it's the last question, talking about the mayhem moments that we're now plugging. Of course, mm-hmm. 
And see, um, we're doing what they want us yeah, to do. Plugging the mayhem moments. And she said, you know, the, the woman that got Kirk on the phone for us said, you know, just make sure you mention this. And, and I looked up at Jack and I said, uh, what? And my eyes got real big. And then we just kind of scrambled. And I was, it was, it was fun. It all worked out. It did end. work out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and he, he was pretty good. I mean, yeah. he, it was early for all of us and he was, you know, a hundred percent into it. Yeah. Except he, he still thinks Texas is like great. Yeah, apparently. Oh, well. And he thinks LSU is one of the best teams in the country, which I still don't agree with yet. I don't quite agree with that either. Granted, when you have competent quarterback play at LSU, that mixture is pretty dangerous. Yeah, and they true. appear to have that. So, yeah. And plus, they're actually like making an effort to like have a good offense. It's amazing it's how uh, schools like that are finally trying to do that. Hey, maybe we should like be creative offensively a little bit. It took it took Ed a Orgeron. very long yeah. time. Like Les Miles was just like, "No, we're never doing that." And, Ed and then he got Orgeron. fired. And Ed Orgeron, Orgeron was like, oh, "Okay, I guess we'll do that." And like, yeah, I guess they're like, you know, being sort of inventive now. So there you go. Yeah, so kind of dangerous. Been good times, and then, uh, but yeah, right after this, we're uh, gonna hear Kirk Kirk Herb Street talk. I can't talk, so yeah, here it is. Hey, Kirk, uh, just one quick thing. Based on what you've seen from the Oklahoma defense so far, do you think this program is finally poised to take the next step and truly contend with the Alabamas and the Clemsons of the world, or is there still a wait-and-see attitude from you? Um, I, I think they're already kind of there with the way they can score. Um, but in order to – you know, they, they – people look at that game last year with Alabama and, and you know, got away from them early, but – you know, it wasn't as if they were outclassed, and man, they, they shouldn't be on the same field with Alabama. Um, to me, the reputation of Oklahoma with for years now has been they can score a lot of points, but uh, they got to get better on defense. I mean, that's that's no mystery. So coming into this year, with with you know some changes, of course, that they made, I think a lot of people were excited to see uh, where this program is as far as taking that next step and and what they can do and. You know, Alex Grinch is a great defensive coach. He clearly has a plan with a lot more confidence, a lot more energy. Um, looks like he simplified some things and they're flying around making plays. But obviously, things are going to get much tougher in the Big 12. Uh, you know, I think they've got a game this week with UCLA over at the Rose Bowl. You expect them to play well again this week. And then, it, then it's kind of go time. You know, I mean, I don't know if they're ever going to get tested out of conference the way they will in the Big 12 where people – can score 35, 40, 45 points a game. So I think these are almost dress rehearsals, chance to regain some confidence. And the good news is they're still scoring at will on people with Jalen Hurts in the offense. But um, I, I kind of reserve judgment until we, we see them play against Texas Tech and M. Ellinger in Texas, you know, a few weeks after that and, and down the line with what they'll face. But there are signs there that definitely, um, if I'm a tech or an OU fan, I would be very excited about at least initially what I'm seeing with this, this new year and this new defense. You know, you mentioned Jalen Hurts, uh, who he's absolutely lit it up through two games, albeit against some subpar defenses. Does his progression over these past two seasons give you confidence that he could potentially have a future in the NFL? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that was his goal uh, in, inside his own mind as he took a back seat to Tua and Tua's heroics. You can imagine what 
what he's had to endure. That's why we keep talking about this being a, a Hollywood script. Um, I've known Jalen and watched him and sat down with him privately since he was a freshman. And what you see, and I'm sure you've been covering him, that's who he's been. And, and I didn't really follow him in high school or know him that well, but I'm guessing that's just the way his, he is with his dad. He was a high school coach. And Jalen's just very focused. People talk about him, you know, that being the Nick Saban way. That's the Jalen Hurts way. Like, I remember him as a freshman. I kept waiting for him to be emotional or too excited or the moment to be, to be too big for him. Never, never once was that the case. Just a, if anything, just a calm, uh, cerebral type of guy and almost emotionless. And you'll see that all year, whether he's playing Texas or Kansas, you're going to see the same guy. And so – that part of him, I think, is outstanding and allows him to, you know, because of the cerebral approach and because of the system he's now playing in with Lincoln Riley, I think it allows him, with the way the NFL is trending and the direction that the NFL is going, I think he intentionally picked Norman and Lincoln Riley and that offense to be able to fulfill his long-term goals of, of dreaming and playing in the NFL and turn on the NFL on Sunday and it, it, you see a lot of what Lincoln Riley does. And so I think it's very smart of him to not only go to Norman and be a part of a great program, but maybe for privately for selfish reasons, help his own stock and, and play in a system that's going to give him a chance to, to go on to the next level and, and uh, have a chance to continue to play. Uh, Kirk, of all the college game day settings you've been a part of, which particular location stands out the most to you? Um, this is my 24th year and we've had so many great settings over the years. Uh, I think the game changer for the show, cause when I first was on the show in, in the mid nineties, we'd have a few hundred people around the set and it was a lot of fun, but it was very different when we went to Blacksburg, Virginia with Michael Vick, uh, at Virginia tech, Frank Beamer was the first head coach to embrace game day and realize the opportunity game day could, could bring to your campus. It's basically a glorified infomercial for your campus. And he was the first one to do that. So he challenged his fan base to fill up the lower half of Lane Stadium. And they showed up, 20,000 people. We put our set right on the, on the stadium floor. And the backdrop was their home, sta- home stands. And it's, that was the first time the show went from having a, you know, a few hundred people to 20,000 people. And it was almost like from that point on, um, and that was, that was 99, 2000. From that point on, we've, we've had just thousands and thousands of people around the game they set. But that was the, that was the game changer for the show. Since then, we've had some epic shows at like Ohio State, Michigan and, and Columbus. Uh, going to Fargo, North Dakota for North Dakota State was incredible. Last year, we went to Pullman, Washington, where the people, I think, slept overnight. There was, it had to be fifteen or 20,000 people around that set, um, hanging from trees and rafters. They were everywhere. Uh, UCF last year was an amazing show in Orlando. And now this week, we're going to Iowa State, somewhere we've never been, which there aren't many left, places we've never been. But uh, we're heading to Iowa State for Cyhawk, and um, I'm, I'm anticipating uh, quite a scene this week at Ames, Iowa. 
And Kirk, when it comes to college football in the NFL, uh, head coaching is really different. So if you're Lincoln Riley, would you rather have a desire to go to the NFL maybe, or would you maybe stick around in Norman to the Sooners? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us who know Lincoln really well keep hoping that the Cowboys will stay away. You know, that I'd love to see the Cowboys have as much success uh, as they possibly can and win as many games and maybe keep winning. They could get back to a Super Bowl. As a college football fan, I would love it because I'm not a Cowboys fan. I, I don't really follow uh, the Cowboys that closely. I, you know, I follow some of the individuals, but that means Lincoln Riley will stay in college, hopefully. Um, because I think that's the one job that you could see him potentially being asked to come and coach in the NFL. I think other jobs may come his way, but I don't know. You can't get inside the mind of, of a person. Um, he's at a, a outstanding college job with as much tradition as anywhere in the country. He's hit the ground running, taking over for a living legend and Bob Stoops. He's had back-to-back outstanding years, appears to be on his third straight big-time year as a head coach. Right now, he's the guy. And, you know, I, I, I love his personality. I love what he's done for the OU brand. I'm just a college football junkie. And when there's something going good, I'd love to see it go as long as it, as long as it can. So, uh, But I can't get inside his mind. I have no idea. I've talked with him about it, and I know he loves coaching at OU and is thankful for the opportunity and just the overall setup there with the president and Joe as the AD. I mean, it's, it's as good as you could hope for. And he's recruiting at an elite level. They're going to continue to win games. And um, sometimes he's just, a guy wakes up one day and is like, yeah, I'm ready to go to the next level. And sometimes guys never do that. They just enjoy staying in college and, and becoming a, a legend in, themselves. So I hope it's the latter. I hope he stays at OU forever and, continues to try to win Heisman trophies and eventually win that more national championships for the Sooners. And you mentioned that you picked Texas to big to win the Big 12. So based on what you've seen from each of the teams through week two, I mean, it's only two weeks, but are you still sticking with Texas to win the Big 12 and maybe the college football playoff, or are you maybe wavering on that right now? Um, I, I don't think a loss to LSU in the fashion – which they lost eliminates them at all. Um, you know, I, I still think that I, if anything, I think they dropped a couple spots in the, in the poll in the AP poll, but you know, when you're down anywhere right now, you're still in the mix. Texas is going to have an opportunity uh, throughout the rest of uh, the, the few, next few weeks. I think they have rice and Oklahoma state uh, at home. Then they go to more, or they go to Morgantown before the red river rivalry uh, in Dallas with OU. I still think that game is going to put, whichever of those teams up into the top five and and be in a position to be where they want to be heading into the Big 12 championship game. So um, how can you not like what you've seen from Oklahoma after two games? I mean, they, they look like they've been on a couple glorified scrimmages against Houston and South Dakota. It'll probably look very similar this week against UCLA out at the Rose Bowl and then a bye week. And, and then they have Texas Tech, who has at least some offense. Uh, Kansas will be another walkthrough. And then, of course, it's, it's the big one, October 12th against Texas. So um, if you looked at the two teams right now, there, you could obviously make much more of a case for Oklahoma, uh, especially the defense. But I still think Texas has a, a very good football team. I think when the dust settles, I think we'll look back at week two and, 
and see that Texas played a really good LSU team with an outstanding offense with Joe Burrow. But um, I, I would not count Sam Ellinger out of it just quite yet. I still think Texas is a pretty good team. Uh, Kirk, one quick question before we ask you about Allstate. Um, I know you said you couldn't get inside the head of Lincoln Riley, but if you had to guess, which of these two things happens first? Lincoln Riley wins a national championship at Oklahoma or Lincoln Riley becomes a head coach in the NFL? Um, I will say that Lincoln Riley wins a national championship in Oklahoma. Um, I, that, that's hoping that Jason Garrett and the Cowboys uh, keep winning games. But, um, I mean, he's just on the cusp. He's right there. You know, it, it's not as if he's, he's trying to get Kansas or Oklahoma State or, you know, Baylor or somebody, you know, that he's trying to get up into the, into the top five and, and eventually one day hope to win a national title. I mean, he's right there. He typically has the best offense in the country. Um, they've made improvements to their defense. Uh, the, the, the game against Texas, if it goes their way, they're, they're probably uh, a Big 12 championship win away from getting back into the playoffs. So, I mean, he, he's right there. And I don't think they played as poorly as, as people necessarily remember in their game against, against Alabama. It didn't go well. Obviously, they dug themselves quite a hole. But you remember, they didn't go away. And Kyler Murray kept competing and and fighting and, and bringing them back. And that's against Alabama. So <clears throat> I I don't think this thing is very far from happening for, for OU. And um, maybe it's wishful thinking for college football fans and for OU fans, but I, I think we see him win a national title before he heads off to the NFL and hopefully never, never heads off to the NFL. All right, Kirk, before we get off, just tell us about your work with Allstate. You're teaming up with them for college football's mayhem during the fall and season. Yeah, it's something we've done the last few years. I've been with Allstate for a number of years. Um, and this year we gave it a little bit of a different twist. So on Tuesdays on my Twitter handle, we try to predict or look ahead at the, at the coming weekend and try to find where there might be a mayhem moment. That doesn't necessarily mean an upset, but just, you know, like Army and Michigan would be an example of mayhem last week. Um, so it could just be a a really interesting game of potential of an upset or individual player having a great game, maybe a Hail Mary at the last last second, just where we think there's going to be mayhem um, is the Tuesday kind of prediction. And then Saturday night on our broadcast, um, on our ABC primetime broadcast, we kind of look back at the entire weekend and the second half, and we, we uh, like to shed some light on our mayhem moment of the week, and we do that uh, on the broadcast. Uh, on Saturday night, we looked, instead of predicting, we kind of react to where the mayhem actually was, at least in my opinion, for that particular weekend. All right. Well, I think if I wrap this up, thank you so much for coming on, Kirk. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. You got it guys. Take care. Have fun this year. All right, Jack. So we talked with Kirk this morning. It was like 7 a.m. We you got, very here, early. you got here at 645. Oh yeah. I'm impressed with myself. I'm, I'm impressed with you. Woke up at 530. Yeah. And I was, re- I was already ready for work in my, my blue pants and my white. You were looking spiffy. Oh, I will you. give I you that. I appreciate it. You know, I try to look all professional and stuff. But what do you get from what Kirk said about, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, Lincoln Riley? What do you, what'd you get from any of that? The 
I will say that for me personally, the highlight of that whole thing was him talking about how Riley has a good job and him talking about the other jobs within the Boog 12 and saying, you know, it's not, you know, Kansas or Oklahoma State. <laughs> I was trying that, yeah. so hard not to crack up during that. I, I I may or may not have peed a little bit when I was trying yeah. to hold in my laughter. So I mean, funny. there's no way to know. But like... uh yeah, that was uh, that was outstanding. I mean, that's about as backhanded towards Oklahoma State unintentionally. I might add. I'm gonna say it that, was intentional. I I'd, yeah, I'd like to think so, but anyway, that that's on board with you know calling them Oki State or something like that, mm. which they love. By yeah, the they way, love they Oki love State. that because it's not State. like it's not like their fan base is insecure or anything yeah, like that. So they take that kind of thing in stride, of course. But anyway, what did you take away from that? You know, whole thing I took away the question that I deleted because I thought we wouldn't have enough time, but you actually remembered to ask. Yeah. Which was, yeah, credit to you because you thought it was a good enough question to ask and remember, but which one came first? Lincoln Riley is a head coach in the NFL or a national title. And he paused. He gave pause to it after explaining how much, you know, Lincoln, you know, would be a great college coach. And he says, you know, Oh, you know, I hope Lincoln stays a college coach forever. I don't think he's going to stay a college coach for the next five years. Um, but he said Lincoln wins a national title before he becomes an NFL coach. And I I took something away from that more so than I took from the Texas thing because, of course, he's going to double down on what he's going to say about Texas. And he's going to say, you know, like he was, after the game, he said, oh, LSU should be in the top two teams. I was like, oh, okay. I love you, Kirk. Pump the brakes. But um, like I'm a big Joe Kirk Burrow shit. fan, too. I yeah. will give him that. But him saying... Like, him doing the Pope wave to them, that was yeah, fantastic. That was great in Austin. Oh That's my the gosh. new horns down, maybe. Yeah, but, maybe not that oh far, man. but it's pretty great. That, make, that I'm gonna, made me I'm going to do that on the way out of the Cotton Bowl this year. I'm going to do the Pope wave. Well, the LSU folks, they did the horns down and didn't get penalized. And it turns out was it, was it? An, it was an SEC crew. Right, oh, later. there we go. Yeah. So only not if it's, as a, soft big, as the big, only if it's a Big 12 crew. Yeah, I found, I found that out. I was pretty upset. But I like the way that Kirk is on notice about Oklahoma's defense. We have yet to see what Oklahoma's defense is really going to look like till Tech and then at Texas. The audition has been but positive. Yeah, for the sure. audition and the changes have been positive. And him to recognize that, him to recognize Lincoln Riley recruiting at an elite level on offense and even getting defense and then putting Oklahoma in position because you mentioned, you know, is Oklahoma's getting on Alabama and Clemson's level? And he said, man, they're damn near getting close to it because... He essentially said they're pretty much there already. Yeah, just like an uptick from the defense and maybe one more year in Grinch's scheme, and they're they're there, you know? He said, Oklahoma, they were down to Bama early and big, but they fought back, and Kyler Murray got them back in the game, and they made it a competitive several times. They just needed a couple stops from the defense, in which they couldn't do, so... That's kind of what I took from Kirk. It was, it was. I mean, it was a short talk, but it was a good talk. I mean, he said he had a lot to say in very few minutes. Yeah, he was. I mean, that was good of him to come on. And luckily, you know, we did get the uh, sponsor thing in there at yeah, the end. So great. it sounds like a pretty cool thing, honestly. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, like what Tuesdays and Saturdays, or yeah. Tuesdays and Sundays. That's what it was. Have to check that out for yeah. sure. But there's not much of a South Dakota coyote recap. It is coyotes. Is the Coyotes, and they are very uh, avid about that. But a couple things I mentioned. Lots of turnovers. Three. Buki got a turnover and a pick. He got two, two. actually. He got the pick six, though. He finally, you know, he's broken on a route a few times and sort of dropped the ball, literally and figuratively. (laughs) But anyway, pick six this time. I felt so happy for him. And that was after 
Delarian Turner Yale should have pick six. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he jumped the route too. Those muscles got in the way. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's what we'll chalk it up yeah. to. And the young bloods on the team, specifically wide receivers, Spencer Rattler, even a Tanner Mordecai on offense. Jalen Redmond, dude. They all just looked great. Or Jaden Davis on defense. Oh, man, yeah. Jaden Davis is going to play more. Trapping the ball between his legs, securing the interception. It was just... And I know we have to temper our expectations. It's South Dakota. Of course. They, their name is the Coyotes. He seemed more game than any of the other corners, though. I'll say yeah, that he's for been, sure. He has been certainly um, switching in, and he's been spelling you know, uh, Trey Brown quite often, I believe. Or is it Jordan Parker? I'm, I'm just losing my mind right now. But... Jaden Davis has been in several times. Jordan Parker has been in several times. It's good to see the young bloods get out there and get some run. You saw the class of 2019 offense out there besides the offensive line. You saw Spencer Rattler. You saw the wide receivers. You saw Austin Stogner. You saw everybody on display. And oh my God, they're going to be unstoppable in the next two to three years. Unreal. Absolutely, yeah. Like you look. You look at Spencer Rattler, the ball comes out of his hand totally different than Tanner Mordecai and Jalen Hurts. It's on a frozen freaking rope. If the defense keeps improving even moderately, natty. Yeah. I'm, yeah, maybe absolutely. Maybe as soon as next year. I'm yeah. dead to rights. Sure about that. What, Trevor Lawrence, he's, I guess, one year ahead of Rattler eligibility-wise. Plus, Rattler is supposedly redshirt. He'll redshirt. Yeah, he'll redshirt. And so... You know, Trevor Lawrence, while he's at Clemson, going to be tough to dethrone them, obviously. But Rattler, as a redshirt sophomore, Trevor will be gone. Yep. It could be OU's time at that point. So I guess that would be 2021. Yep. Calling a 2021 national championship for the Oklahoma Sooners. You know, you know the, the Sooners are going to enjoy. I mean, you, we talk about the Sooners enjoying under Lincoln Riley the past three years, two and a half years. They're going to go into the upper echelon on par with Alabama and Clemson over the next three years with with improvement on defense with the players they're getting and with the system they're growing in. I'm very excited. Um, what we did learn from South Dakota early on in really the majority of the game, but early, definitely early on, offensive line, specifically left side, left tackle, Marquise Hayes didn't play. Uh, Fortunately, he'll be back at some point, some yeah, kind Lincoln, of soon. But the thing is, like, the thing we've been pointing out for months it's all about getting up to speed by the Texas game. Yep. This puts a major damper in that effort. Yep. They were already looking a little shaky. Now they look even shakier without him. I mean, thank God for RJ Proctor. Yep. But man, I Swenson looks lost. He's it's he's got time to improve. It's not like he's it's not like Swenson is garbage. It's not like he's terrible. But Oklahoma's now kind of starting to have to put in a chip on there and putting Jeremiah Hall out there or Somebody to block somebody in the left tackle be, uh, on that side because people are getting by him. And, uh, you know, that's a hindrance to a Lincoln-Riley offense. It's it's not as wide open as it could be. Now, is that to say that it won't change and that they won't get better and they won't gel? No, it's not, not, to, not to say that at all. But, I mean, I saw more issues with the left side of the offensive line. Of course, Marquise Hayes was out. Lincoln-Riley said, you know, it's it's kind of a, it's a minor thing. He doesn't know if he'll be back this week, but... Of course, it's a bye week after the UCLA game, so he would likely probably be back by Tech. Uh, same for Kenneth Mann. And, Kenneth um, Mann, I guess it's the same status this week as yeah, it was he, last week. He, he's going to say You it's might as weeks. well just keep him out till the bye week. I mean, there's been no issue with the defensive front. Just let him rest. I'm 100% certain. Yeah, come back to the Tech game. As I've been saying, Kenneth Mann is going to be out till the Texas game. Yeah. Now, I think Marquise Hayes, you, 
he might be holding that. I don't know. It depends on how how severe or even if it's an injury. We don't even know, you know. Uh, but offensive line early on, still kind of an issue. Uh, not the right side, but the left side. And that's concerning. Um, and in the beginning of the game, I thought that Oklahoma just kind of expected USD to come into Norman and just roll over and take their 50-point out. I thought that's what the, the way they played. That's the attitude they had. And maybe, maybe that's why Jalen Hurts went and worked out at you know, after, after the game. Maybe he was really unimpressed with the effort. But, you know, it's still an issue. But we've been talking about this for a long time. We expected Oklahoma's offensive line to have a learning curve. Maybe not maybe not as a steep one with a Creed Humphrey back with, with the Bill Beatum bow. But it's definitely there. Yeah, the talent is there. It's not like 2009 or 2005 by any means. I don't even want to think about 2009. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's just... The talent is there. It's just a matter of gelling up front. And that's really the only thing I learned from that game, other than Oklahoma's depth, especially on offense, is very good. Of course. Um, But before we take a break from our sponsors, we were joined today with Dimitri Dorless from Bruins Nation. Um, And he talks to us a lot about what goes on in Pasadena, a lot about the team, a lot about Chip Kelly and how much he hates USC. So that'll be right after the break. We even touch on OJ. (laughs) <laughs> and OJ, yeah, he mentions body bags. Oof. Definitely after the break. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, guys, today we're joined with Dimitri Dorless from Bruins Nation. How are you doing, Dimitri? I'm great, guys. How are you? Doing well, man. Doing well. Just, you know, living life. What are you, Jack? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, get, getting ready to actually fly out there on Wednesday, so I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the Rose Bowl and all that kind of stuff. But uh, just to get us started here, UCLA 0-2 on the season. I believe three and eleven through fourteen games of the Chip Kelly area. Yeah, not great. <laughs> not great. What is the feeling right now on Chip Kelly? Is it getting to the point that fans are starting to throw in the towel, or is there still a level of confidence that he can get it turned around? I don't know if I'd say it's confidence. I think I'd say it is resignation. Um, like in the Rose Bowl last week against San Diego State, there was about 36,000 people in a stadium that holds over 80,000. I'm going to be perfectly honest. It looked like fewer than that. <laughs> no, that, I mean, that is the announced crowd. And to you, oh, okay, credit, they, just, they just stopped announcing that officially like years ago. Because they, yeah. But uh, even the crowd that was still showing up was not very happy with the product. And that's kind of where you say fans are at. They're not happy with what's going on, but they've resigned themselves to the fact that they're kind of stuck here no matter what he does for at least a few more seasons. Now, there's this thing been going around, um, of course, on Twitter a couple of times where they have that, that athletes tweet things where this Twitter gets a hold of like athletes thoughts that say, uh, you know, they do an anonymous athlete, and one of them was from UCLA, and they said they hated Chip Kelly. Is a 
there any truth to that? Maybe about the team, maybe disliking their coach. Now I, I did see that one and I have my questions about it considering they went and tagged every single USC person they could in that same mm. one. So I don't know if they were just trying to rile it up. It is hard to say that he, I mean, he's not a player's coach. He's very much ran off a good amount of talent that was here from the Jim Moore era and is bringing in his guys. Now that said, I imagine for the guys that are there, there's a good amount of buy-in, especially the guys who've come in the last few recruiting classes that he's brought in. But whether that stays the way it is, it's going to be hard to say. They're th- Like you said, they're 3-11 and 11 through the first 14 games. You had to assume they thought there'd be some level of winning by this point. Do you think Chip Kelly would have also ran off Sean Diddy Combs and his son as well? Uh, I have questions whether he would have been recruited in the first place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, no, seriously. Yeah, I mean, that kind of gets to where it's at, though. Like, back in the Moore era, there was a lot of recruiting of guys who were, like, your high-star guys, especially UCLA has a, a reputation, kind of, especially among West Coast, that if you wanted to go to, like, L.A. and have the glitz and glamour without having to really work at the football part of it, that's where you went. So you saw tended to bring in a lot of guys who were, you know, pretty talented, but did not have like that competitive drive. And it led to a team that was always on the cusp of breaking through, but never actually did. Now with Chip Kelly, he's bringing in guys who are very football focused. That said, they tend to lack the talent that is even just comparing them to USC. That's obviously not going to be a great comparison, but even to like your Stanford's or your Washington or Oregon, you're not getting the same, high-end talent that those programs are so it's an interesting way of building a program so yeah like just as things have as things have been grim you know the front seven of the defense for the Bruins have actually you know they appear to be pretty solid which members of that group maybe should Oklahoma fans keep an eye out for this Sunday Saturday see I would have maybe not said the front seven as a total but basically that defensive line has been the one group that from last year has made the jump and is improved a lot more. You have your Antonio Mafi, your Atito Ogbonia, your Osa Digizua. They're all three, all underclassmen. I think Odigizua is the only one that's even like a redshirt junior, but they're all like two true sophomores. They've all now had a year under this program. They've all seen big jumps in play and it's been through two weeks. UCLA has not really allowed teams to run inside on them. That said, you're, they're bigger guys. They're not as great going side to side, and they don't have a lot of speed. And especially the linebackers have been very hit or miss in their play. So running to the outside has seemed to be the best way of attacking the Bruins on the ground. Now, going back to the crowd size at UCLA, we saw some pictures of the San Diego State game. Obviously, it wasn't pretty. Having said that, with a top five Oklahoma team coming into town this week, what do you think we should probably expect as far as crowd size for this game is concerned? It's actually funny you said that because just today, uh, UCLA sent out a like email blast to season ticket holders, kind of apologizing for how the season has gone so far and offering four free tickets <laughs> to everyone wow. Uh, wow. For, this, for this game. Uh, they mentioned wow. in that, I, I will even read this email real quick because they mention on there that it is a $280 value. They haven't said where the tickets are. I would guess they're going to be in the end zone uh, because they're not going to tell you where they're at until 3 p.m. on Friday. 
but uh, I would guess that there is going to be more Oklahoma fans. And that's just kind of the way, especially when UCLA is not great. Uh, Texas A&M came out here a couple years ago, and it was definitely more A&M fans than UCLA fans, which also just tends to happen in non-conference because it's L.A. And who wouldn't want to take even like a September trip to L.A.? Of course. Yeah. I'm coming out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, there's yeah, I a mean, lot the, of us coming out there. So yeah, yeah there's, it, it, like there's it, the weather's great. Weather's great. There's a lot to do out here. You can do so. It's a great trip, even if your team's like not good. But if your team's great, you get to watch your team usually win that game with the recent UCLA. Although it's been hit or miss. Like Texas A&M came out here with high expectations, lost that game. Uh, you had a few years ago, Tennessee came out here, like the last year, Phil Fulmer, they lost that game on a Monday night and that was kind of the end for Fulmer. So it's not the greatest place to play in for non-conference, but right now I'd say you're pretty good. And Dimitri, the offense has really had its issues to say the least, specifically maybe even the offensive line, but have there, have there been really any bright spots regarding the offense, offense, maybe like DTR or other players that Oklahoma should worry about? or just any bright spots in general that are worth pointing out. It it's been very weird to watch the offense, especially like by the end of last year, the offense was really clicking. They had basically by the end of the year they were averaging 450 yards a game and doing it in different ways. Like against USC, they ran up over 350 yards on the ground. Uh, Joshua Kelly had about almost 300 yards by himself. And then against Stanford the next week they went through for almost 400 yards. So at the end of last year, there was a very well-rounded and very kind of high-octane offense. And coming into this year, obviously, new quarterback now, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, is the guy. Last year, he was kind of splitting time with Wilton Spate, the tra- grad transfer from Michigan. But he has not looked very good. And it's kind of understandable on some level because he only had one year of high school quarterback like because he had Tate Martell ahead of him at Bishop Gorman. So it was kind of understandable that even last year he didn't look like like the game was going too fast for him, but to come into this year and still have those issues and even to some extent looking worse than he did last year has kind of caused the offense to sputter in all kinds of ways. There's been other issues. For example, Joshua Kelly, who really broke out last year and became one of the top running backs in the conference, was out the first game. He suffered a knee injury at the right at the beginning of fall camp. He kind of came back last week, but was clearly on a pitch count. Uh, he would be a guy to watch. The other guy would be Theo Howard. But again, you have a guy who got injured kind of in spring, had surgery on his wrist. He's been practicing with the team, but he's been held out of the last two games. The word is he's probably he could be back for this game, but more than likely he's going to be held out for Washington State. Uh, the offensive line has been kind of a mess, especially because the whole left side of the line, the two starters who were supposed to be starting have both been down with injuries at various times the first two weeks. So you have a true freshman starting at left tackle, which is always super fun. Uh, But I'd say maybe the wide receivers, if the ball ever gets them, they're a solid group. Uh, You have Jalen Irwin, who is a junior college transfer. He's a speedster. He can get behind the defense. You have a host of tight end options who are all, excellent between Devin Asiasi, Jordan Wilson, and Michael Martinez, who's a true freshman, came in for modern day. But the problem is getting them the ball. And right now, that's where UCLA is struggling. Now, for fans who are traveling to this game, 
OU fans, what should they expect as far as like pregame atmosphere, tailgating and stuff like that? What's the setup like there? The good news is the Rose Bowl is one of the prettiest places to ever see a football game. Even like the pre-tailgate, uh, you for the most part, you're probably going to be on the golf course because the lot H, which is like the typical like right in front of the Rose Bowl is by permit only. And that's only sold to like season ticket holders. But you'll be in the golf course, which is still very nice. You're still surrounded by the Arroyo Seca Mountains. Uh, with a five o'clock game time, you'll be right in the middle of the day. So you'll have plenty of sun, plenty of whatever you want to do out there. Uh, I will say the pregame atmosphere, especially the tailgate, is not if, especially if you've gone to Oklahoma games or I went to when you say played at Texas AM, I saw their atmosphere. It's more of a typical Pac 12 West Coast where it's very laid back, it's not as well set up, really. Especially UCLA shifted to uh, kind of having a corporation run the tailgate, the pregame uh, festivities and like their whole tailgate section which is kind of cut down on the atmosphere. There's no longer like a Bruin walk, as we usually had it, where the team walked through the tailgate to the stadium. They now bring the buses right to the entrance and just kind of get off and walk in. So it's not great, but it's kind of reflective of where the program is right now, where there's mm-hmm. not a lot of excitement around it. But I mean, or you'll fun. have a good... Yeah, or fun. But you'll have a good time. Like it, if you're there, especially with a group, you'll... You silly fans... LA fans in general have a reputation of being very standoffish or aggressive towards anyone they don't know. But for my money, if you find, if you like in your good spot, you'll usually have a good mix of people who are going to be okay with you, especially if the team is bad, the people are more there just to have a good time and not get overly aggressive about things. So just like talking about having a good time, for people from Norman or Oklahoma visiting down in Pasadena or Los Angeles, um, specifically Pasadena before the game, do you have any you know good bar or maybe restaurant recommendations before hitting up the the game? Or that even after, yeah. If, yeah. if OU fans are wanting to have a celebratory drink anywhere near the the Rose Bowl or the Pasadena vicinity, Pasadena uh, usually you're not going to get a lot of people staying around there because Pasadena is kind of in its own area, but there is like, if you go right into what's called Colorado street, it's basically like the whole downtown area. And there is a lot of different spots you go to uh, one of my favorites. And that's in Pasadena, correct? That's right in Pasadena. One of my favorite spots is actually called the blind donkey. That's a pretty solid bar. If you're looking for, Uh, I've even gone to like that Pasadena on call in that Colorado area. They have a bunch of different bars. Uh, I went there for like champions league games, all that kind of stuff. So it's a pretty, big scene uh if you're in la though you probably want to go see the campus which is on the complete opposite side of town um but you want to go into westwood and westwood has its own village which has a group of bars including like rocco's tavern there's a barney's beanery there and you'll just want to kind of walk if you walk around campus you're going to see a lot of things that you've probably seen in movies just because that's how la is where like every place is a film location so who favorite UCLA alum of all time? I'm a big Jonathan Ogden fan. I loved watching him here. Uh, he came by. He is a, a mountain few years of a ago. Man, and I will give you that. Absolute. I put my hand in his hand, and his hand engulfed mine. It was a, basically a great experience, and also terrifying because 
you don't really meet people who can just engulf your hand <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you see like, especially like, I know this, we're talking about football, but it's so much a basketball school in so many respects. So you have your Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, uh, you have your Bill Walton's, huge Bill Walton fan. Uh, that was you have so many basketball players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beating you to the punch. Of course. Yeah. Uh, we're, yeah. Bill Walton's a huge guy and he's a blast just to be around. Uh, and even like some of the more modern guys, like your Russell Westbrooks, your Kevin Loves, who even now, like oh. they still will come around. Campus. You're making us sad bringing up Russell Westbrook yeah. now. But I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> he is the to... president of Oklahoma. I will say that just, even, even now. I just want to I know have... out of 24 hours a day, how high is Bill Walton? <laughs> uh, 25 of those hours. <laughs> yeah that's what i thought <laughs> he needs to call a college football game with uh, dave pash at some point oh, it really did, needs did you, to happen did you hear him uh do the baseball game for the chicago yes, white Sox? it was outstanding Just a magical experience i've never wanted him to do other sports more than once he did that one i'm like okay get him in hockey please the best part of it is he pisses off all of like the stodgy old sports reporters the big j types and they're like oh this is a disgrace to blah 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 i'm like you know what? It's a Pac-12 basketball game at 11 p.m. Eastern. Settle down. <laughs> it's fine. Like I think most people are enjoying this. One of my favorite parts, the UCLA beat for how bad the team, and like not just base basketball, but in basketball and football, they've been not great the past couple of years. But they're it's a very good beat that we have. The people working, they all are big Bill Walton fans. So that's at least been nice that our local guys will at least fully support everything he does. So I don't have to hear oh, he's ruining the game of basketball every time I try to read any of the articles. <laughs> Dean Blevins, yeah. There's, uh, yeah, he's a guy around here. He sucks. but uh, <laughs> he's, he's an interesting cat. Um, anyway, before we get to the rapid fire, the bizarro world in which UCLA pulls off this upset, what would that upset have to entail? How would the Bruins get that done? It would have to entail... Oklahoma missing their flight and showing up with like the student trainers out there. Uh, I mean, if I'm going to give UCLA a fighting chance here, it would have to be. There was a point where Dorian Thompson Robinson last year had an amazing stretch of games. And it started actually at home against Washington, who was one of the better teams of the, like they won the conference last year, but Dorian Thompson Robinson had one of his best games in the game. No one expected it. And he's got to have something like that. He's got to somehow turn into the version of the quarterback that everyone was trying to recruit back when he was in high school, despite having only that one year of experience. Uh, beyond that, you would love to see a bunch of guys come back. Uh, you'd love to see Joshua Kelly at full strength. You'd love to see Theo Howard at full strength. Uh, Darnay Holmes, who's on defense, who is like usually shut down corner, and he's been out and probably will be out till the Washington State game next week. Uh, if he somehow came back for this game, that would definitely help because usually his past defense has been an absolute sieve. Uh, and it would require Oklahoma just to have a series of brain farts. Uh, I'm not maybe, maybe not the biggest Jalen Hurts fan. I said before the season, I'm not sure that he's going to be the third straight Heisman that Oklahoma's had that's a transfer in. But through two games, uh, he's made me look incredibly dumb. So he's ha he has to maybe revert back to his all of his bad Alabama tendencies, which even then were still pretty good games. Yeah. 
and it required maybe Oklahoma's defense to just lay down on the field. That might help also. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. But uh, anyway, let are you ready for the rapid fire? Let's go. All right. The spread is currently minus 22.5 in favor of the Sooners. Do the Bruins cover that spread? Or no. That spread? And, and honestly, I would keep betting Oklahoma until it gets like 30, and then maybe I'd think about it. Wow. There we this, go. This, this <laughs> team spread is... opened up at 17. This is a very morose podcast. I I saw it open up at 17. I was like, that's going to be at 20 something by the end of the day. Like, I'm be honest, the road loses to Cincinnati and you get to watch them get just absolutely run out of the stadium by Ohio State. Then you come home and gave up 24 points to a San Diego State team that only managed six against Weber State. You're not feeling pretty good about your chances. I didn't know that about yeah, San Diego not State. A good this look. is whew. not a good look. Yeah, they won that game. They didn't allow points, but they only get, scored six. And their Jeez. quarterback, their quarterback, <laughs> who's not a passer, managed to throw for a career high against UCLA. So that's kind of where UCLA is <laughs> at right now. Jesus Christ. Good grief. All right. So we, we've talked about why it's be a good UCLA. Game, guys. <laughs> so we've covered why UCLA sucks, but. Our next question, why does USC suck, just in general? Unfiltered. You can say as many how, yeah, you, you want. Say yeah. fuck how much time want. do you have right now? Plenty. Plenty. Uh, I mean, here's the thing with USC. They're, it's equally worse for UCLA fans to not just have a bad team. And even like when you hire like a big-name coach, you think, oh, we're going to finally turn the corner, and they're just bad out the gate. But to watch UCLA, USC right now just kind of fall ass backwards into somehow going two and zero, having their quarterback go down and the three-star true freshman suddenly looks better than the five-star you've had for two years now with clay helton who if you line him up in a police search you could not figure out who he was because he's <laughs> the most generic guy in college football <laughs> to have that it's very infuriating that said ucla is going to always have the moral high ground because we're not a bunch of cheating assholes Especially when you have like this past week where the subtext became text with USC in that in the college admissions case where USC was proven to actively rate where, how much donations they could get from parents when admitting people into their school. Yeah, they, Lori Laughlin, full house, man. Yeah, yeah. Aunt Becky. Who knew Lori Laughlin was the key to making that text like obvious to everyone? <laughs> Jeez. All because she didn't want to go to Arizona State. Who knew? <laughs> Which is apparently the party school in the U.S. Yeah, you would think, <laughs> but even I've heard, like, yeah, I've heard good things, but I've, I've experienced good things, but, uh, <laughs> but even like that stuff you have today, Lynn Swan resigns and you're just sitting there going, oh, yeah, they'll that. probably fall into another, just no name who has ties to the program. And even then he'll fall ass backwards into like urban Meyer or something, because that's just how USC is Their Their campus is surrounded by just trying to be nice about this part because I work in this area, but <laughs> it's not the greatest neighborhood. And it's very weird to have these like ivory towers just right next to homelessness, especially like in LA, which is a thing, but especially in that area, it's very, I just hate it. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice and not swear a lot because I made a promise not to. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, Speaking of the AD thing, I've really been waiting, and I don't think it's happened yet today. Has OJ tweeted out a video about oh, Lynn Swan or anything God. like that yet? I want to watch out. Uh, yeah, do you follow <laughs> Lynn, uh, OJ on Twitter? 
I don't. I see it tweeted into my thing, and I'm like, who are the who are the crazy it people is, who follow OJ for because they're he, so interested in what he says? It's it's just it gave this it, man. It's a not cell that phone. I'm interested in what he says much. It's just that he is a known double murderer who is just <laughs> loose on Twitter right now and is just out there acting like Mister Rogers on camera. My it, my it, big it's objectively compelling. I, I will argue because the biggest he drafted part- Andrew Luck. <laughs> And then he was like, dang it, Andrew Luck. Why'd you have to retire two seconds later? And everybody's like, uh-oh. He's on I the watched, list. I watched that. I watched that one because he was like at his draft, right? And yeah. then like the camera pans the other people there. And I'm like, who are these people who are signing up yeah. for a fantasy league with OJ Simpson? Yeah. If they <laughs> like, win and he doesn't. Yeah, he's going to win one way or the other. And one way results <laughs> in you in a body bag. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> what is one fact about UCLA, the university itself, that Oklahoma fans should be aware of? Um, it's not much for the Oklahoma fans, but if there are any Cal fans listening to this, they're going to be extra upset that UCLA has, for the second year in a row, they're the number one public university in the country, which Ooh. I may mention only just to mess with the Cal fans who have had that for so many years. Now they don't even have that. So they get especially angry. Every time UCLA people mention that, uh, we don't mention USC's academic records because they're not great, which makes sense because they're not a great school to begin with. What recruit said UCLA had all the Asian girls on campus? It, that's actually a uh, – it's always a thing. Uh, even like Childish Gambino had a song that basically referenced the fact referenced the fact that UCLA <laughs> was full of Asian gir- girls. So that's kind of been a thing. <laughs> I can't remember. It was like two years ago. And oh, another question: Is Joshua Raboko even still on that roster? Uh, no, he's he grad tra- he yeah. graduate transferred out this oh, year. Wow. Where did he go? Uh, I stopped following him a while back. <laughs> I could not tell you. I know he graduated and then was just gone. He never mm. broke through to the starting line which might say a lot yeah, not surprised yeah yeah I, I remember him going up against my brother in like third grade basketball here in oklahoma city and he was just a freight train <laughs> it was yeah. it was something to witness for sure but uh just stuck with basketball yeah there you go um is in and out overrated uh Depends on who you're talking to. In and Out is properly rated by everyone in California because we think it's the best. Uh, I I've never been to Whataburger, so I'm not going to speak ill of it. I don't I don't want yeah good good angry, call. Don't we'll, want we'll angry. Kick you off the podcast if you speak. I did ill of I did go to Waffle House and I will fight for Waffle House. Oh God, I'll fight for Waffle House too. Yeah. I lived in Atlanta and Pensacola and Tallahassee. That is like Waffle House Central right there. We, we don't I have am Waffle all about the clo- Waffle House. The closest Waffle Houses are in Arizona. So when we went to uh-huh. Houston for Texas, I was like, I have to go to a Waffle House. So I got there at five a.m. and thoroughly enjoyed my time there. That's I the will... best time to be at a Waffle House. What do they have amazing. in SoCal? Just a bunch of IHOPs? Uh, we're not really a. Br- it's a lot of brunch places. We're not oh, really yeah. a. They have Roscoe's out there though. Roscoe's. We do have delicious. Roscoe's, and Roscoe's has expanded. There is now a Roscoe's by Disneyland. For if you're wondering how really? the Roscoe's expanded, I'm actually yeah. going to Disneyland on Sunday, so I'm oh, going to go to Roscoe's. There we go. I might actually see of... you there. I think I was planning on going on <laughs> Sunday go. just to bunch of... just did not think about football for like five hours. 
It's a bunch of Vaughn's. You can't foods. be sad at Disneyland. I feel it is impossible. <laughs> True. Okay. One final thing. Which team will go further in the NBA playoffs this year? The Lakers or the Clippers? Oh, that's tough. Uh, my heart wants to say the Lakers because that's been my team forever. Uh, my head. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to just say the Lakers anyway. I don't care. Good on you. Respect. Yeah, I appreciate that. But hey, Dimitri, before we get out of here, do you have anything else uh, left to plug and to explain where you're from in the site? Uh, I mean, I'll plug the site. Uh, I'm one of the writers over at BruinStation.com. Uh, coming tomorrow, you'll actually see one of the articles by me where we kind of grade out the uh, previous game. We give each section a grade. We grade the coaching. Uh, I'll give a spoiler. It's not going to be great. There's a, I've written a lot of D's and F's so far this year, which is super fun. Uh, our site editor, Joe Pasowski, has his Sunday morning quarterback article that's up right now. Uh, between the two of us and everyone else's writing, it's very bleak, so I'm sure you will enjoy that if you like watching a bunch of people just kind of wonder what they're doing with their lives. We'll make um, sure to share it. Yeah, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I do a lot of the tweeting during the game. So if you're following our Twitter account during the game, you'll probably see me attempt any sort of stand-up humor to try and get through it. Uh, I will probably be five sheets to the wind also in an attempt to get through it, but that's just how this goes. Um, I plug my personal one, but like I don't tweet from there a lot. So you might see me reference it once in a while, but basically where you'll see your tweets at Bruin Nation on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, go check us out. All right, Dimitri, it's been fun. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. And that was Dimitri Dorless from At Bruins Nation. Um, or at Bruin Nation. At Bruin Nation, but it's called Bruins Nation. Yeah. That's, it's the website versus the Twitter, yeah? Yeah, there you go. And, um, you know, great stuff, great talk, great guy. Um, here's another break from our sponsors before we talk to talk to you guys about the UCLA game, what we think, and going on some talks about Jalen Hurts and even some Buki. So, there you go. All right, Jack. This Saturday... In Pasadena, Rose Bowl, historic Rose Bowl. I've never been. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I've I've seen the Rose Bowl from I, the I, outside. I see same here. Yeah, I've, I've never been, been to Pasadena. I've been in like the parking lot, but I've never uh, been there for a game. I've never been inside. But I mean, it's it, again, it's one of those things that I consider ditching a wedding to go because you know my dad's like, hey, we're leaving Friday and getting a plane and yada yada and i was like uh, i really want to go but i don't want to be a bad person but at the same thing like, if i wasn't a part of the wedding or in the wedding oh or, yeah see that's the thing i i have a I wedding just, i, I have a wedding it. on saturday too but yeah. i'm not in the wedding so i'm not going i got a blue suit. if i were in the wedding i'd be there i got a blue suit that i'm wearing to the wedding maybe i shouldn't wear it because it's is it is the blue suit as cool as jalen hurts's blue suit no jalen hurts is a lot cooler because than I am. that's uh i don't feel like that's an attainable level i think it's so amazing watch seeing the pictures before the game is because Jalen Hurts looks fresh to death, and in the hair, and his, and his, the way he has his, his hair and his suit, and then like you pan in or you look at the unfocused picture right behind him, the unfocused <laughs> image of Grant Calcaterra wearing like a button up that's like you can see his chest hair. With, he looks like a porn star from the seventies. Yeah, definitely. And like he's wearing he's wearing uh, joggers that are clearly pulled up to his. I mean, he looks like he's from SoCal. Yeah. He is from SoCal. And he is. He is. In Margarita, California. Santa, Santa, Mar Santa, Santa Margarita. Margarita. That's right. Santa Margarita. Those are two cool things. And so, uh, I, you know, 
I saw that. I was like, dang, Jalen looks great. And then I saw it. I was like, really, Grant? Come on, man. You can't look better than that. But And then you see Trey Sermon wearing a hoodie of himself. It says Preacher Man with like, you know, like fancy, colorful, star-studded duds. I didn't see that. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> it's great. It's great. But OU at Pasadena, 7 o'clock at night, primetime Fox. The Five there. Five That's the magic there, hour time. for the yes, sunset for, and all yeah, that great. stuff. Looking forward to that. The line was initially 17 points. It's already risen to 22 and a half. As soon as I saw a 17, I tried to put money down ASAP because UCLA has been Still give me a terrible. And um, we, t- we talked about the rumors suggesting that Chip Kelly's team doesn't like him. And, I mean, you look at the NFL, where he's been, and Bo Stintz, and... I mean, would you how, like Chip Kelly? Oh no, the no. guy looks like the guy looks like an asshole. I mean, he acts like one too. And you know, Chip Kelly was never that great of a recruiter, but his system was always great. Oh, of course, he always got the perfect guys for his system. Yeah. So I mean, it doesn't seem like he's even getting that those guys anymore. And so. Dimitri kind of dispelled that a little bit. But the biggest part about this weekend, I think, is what came from uh, Buki's presser was that this could be a recruiting weekend for OU. As an as an away team now, of course Oklahoma he, he, can't host it. Dimitri talked about how you know OU fans are going to outnumber UCLA yeah. fans in their own stadium. How impressive is that going to be? Because I mean OU and UCLA they're in on some of the same guys, Southern mm-hmm. California kids. Definitely. So that that's going to rub off on them a little bit, you would think. So and it's just like it's definitely an interesting point. Oklahoma definitely has a presence in Fresno, one hundred percent for recruiting purposes. Yeah, absolutely. yes, and Oklahoma fans maybe outnumbering UCLA fans. I mean, if you're serious about football, you go to USC, not UCLA. And Buki has a ton of connections, people out in California. Buki has a national following, specifically in California. You saw this on uh, QB1. QB, QB1, yeah. yeah he's like, oh, cousin. my cousin Buki. Okay, yeah, yeah. And just, just he has a national following. And this could be a big recruiting weekend for OU just to be out there, out in SoCal, and having other people attend the game. Because you know nobody's showing up to that game. And you know the tickets are probably pretty cheap. Like they're as Dimitri giving said, away tickets. They're giving away tickets. Like just please come to the game wearing powder blue. It's amazing to me. I enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait. I mean, it's going to be a sooner party in uh, Pasadena for sure. I I mean, there's nothing. I can't wait to you know. I, it's always great to get tanked on a golf course. <laughs> this time you're combining getting tanked on a golf course with going to a football game. That's true. Now, granted, they don't sell booze inside their stadium, so I'm going to have to. I might have to wear boots and get a flask in the boot but or something like that. They do have dispensaries. They do have dispensaries. And those are more easily what what the word is not hideable. What is the word I'm looking Concealable. for? Concealable. Concealable. You you don't necessarily have to have metal, so that's true. Or, or it, it that's can't true. necessarily be felt as easy. That's that's good. Granted, point. you're not gonna have metal with alcohol. What the fuck am I talking about? But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. A metal flask. This <laughs> is the nineteen eight nineteen eighties. That's true. Yeah, metal flask. That's correct. I see. I I was sort of on the right yeah, track the there, track. but like, uh, anyway, yeah, easily to conceal. And Cincinnati, and like as Dimitri said, not as easy to be discreet with though, true, unless you bring a true. vape. That's true. So but who knows? We'll see. Cincinnati, San Diego State, both held UCLA at under seventeen points. I think UCLA scored two touchdowns, fourteen and thirteen in the other game. UCLA ranks a hundred and nineteenth in rushing and nearly last in offense in every in every offensive and scoring category. This defense is going to be able to eat, especially because UCLA's offensive line is ass. Is bad. And, and OU's front seven 
from what we've seen so far, obviously a small sample size against bad competition. They look pretty good, though. Yeah, because... And I think they can do well against another bad offensive line. Yeah, I agree. I don't think UCLA is going to do anything offensively whatsoever. Because UCLA, as Demetrius said, they have the athletes. It's a matter of getting the ball yeah. to the guys. And it's... I mean... If you they're rank... going to send the linebackers on blitzes oh, yeah. and stuff like that, and they're going to, yeah, it's going to be good. And they, it, they did that last year. I mean, they yeah. had like six sacks last year, a, didn't they? It was a lot. Probably and, even more this year. And it's just unreal. And this guy is not going to be a Derek King. He's not that quick. Now, is is DTR a good quarterback? He's a good athlete. Is he a good athlete? Yes, but he's not like lightning bug fast, like or jitterbug fast, or whatever you want to call it, fast. Lightning bugs are fast, maybe. Yeah, they seem pretty fast, or elusive anyways, but... I mean, he's not as fast as those guys. He's a bit bigger of a quarterback. And, I mean, the, the I, have, I expect Oklahoma's front seven to just run downhill on these people and just uh, maybe even they might get two interceptions in this game. It's going to be bad for UCLA because Oklahoma's front seven is something that I definitely respect and that I've been very excited on. Like I think we've been all been excited that, on paper, Oklahoma's defensive front seven, pretty damn good. Yeah, of course. On paper. Now, that... We've never seen it translate to the field, but now you see Jalen Redmond getting triple teamed by Houston. You see Neville Gallimore living in the backfield. You see LaRon Stokes making plays when he's not offsides. Ronnie Perkins doing Ronnie Perkins things. Ronnie Perkins is a man amongst children. And then even uh, John Michael Terry. He has been the biggest surprise, I think, of this uh, early season. He's been fantastic. I I mean, how happy are you for him, too? You go from starting Mike. Yeah. To street clothes because he maybe, you know, he was out for two weeks with an injury. Kenneth Murray takes your job when he's a true freshman, when he's never played an inside linebacker, and now he's just starting rush edge. I mean, he, he's good at containing the edge. He's a bigger guy. He's a smart guy. He's aware of kind of patrolling the middle of the field, and now you stick him on an edge and say, just go to work, big guy. That's that's great news, you know, and he can move later, laterally. I mean, he, he's been so impressive. He got time at the pressers tonight. He did, yeah. He, he had a big mob, too, from what I saw. He did, and you just got to feel good about him. Another Tulsa product. Yep. So got to feel really, really good about Victory that guy. Victory Christian, right? Victory Christian. Yeah. But that front seven, my goodness, it, they're they're going to run downhill on UCLA. And I'm not going to say Oklahoma is definitely going to cover the spread, but I feel pretty good I'm about pretty it. I'm pretty confident. I feel that, pretty yeah, good absolutely. about it. Now, how do you see, in your eyes, this game unfolding? I could see OU getting off to... Well, see, one thing, as we mentioned, Oklahoma's offensive line, a little shaky, and UCLA's front seven, pretty solid. I could see them having success against Oklahoma's offensive line. I know you having a little bit of trouble getting the ground game going and the early going, so I think maybe they're going to try to spread it out a little bit with the pass and stuff like that, but I could see OU eventually wearing them down and the offensive line sort of getting a rhythm. Mm -hmm. So I would say... That the first half, they would probably get off to... Honestly, I think OU's going to boat race them. Mm-hmm. So, at which stage in the game that happens, I'm not sure. I would say the late stages would obviously favor OU a little bit more. Yeah. But, if they come out of the gates, I mean, firing on all cylinders, that wouldn't really surprise me either. And like we were talking about with the turnovers and stuff like that, good defense leads to a good offense. So, Let me tell you a stat. UCLA... The quarterbacks, the first two weeks, and I'm not talking about high-quality quarterbacks. I'm not talking high-caliber quarterbacks at San Diego State or Cincinnati. Who's on the on the rise with Ryan Day? Not Ryan Day. Who's the other? Fickle. Luke, Luke Fickle, Fickle, yeah. Or still Ohio State guys. 
they've been allowing opposing quarterbacks to throw for 72%, and these these are not quarterbacks with a Lincoln Riley offense. But as you said, I think their front seven can maybe give Oklahoma's left side of the offensive line a little bit of trouble. And I think Oklahoma might have to play. They're not going to play left-handed. They'll just play maybe with the chip on that side with left uh, of Swenson, whoever starts there. But I could see Oklahoma running downhill on defense, maybe forcing a turnover, maybe two. In Oklahoma, I could see Jalen Hurts just coming in, making plays, CeeDee Lamb making plays, any of the young freshman wide receivers making plays. Uh, I just think this team offensively, as we've said several times the past many years, is just too talented, especially for this UCLA defense. And then that front seven on defense for Oklahoma is just too talented for what that front five or six for UCLA can do. So, you know, I'm going to give a score. And you know what? Give me Oklahoma 52 to 27. I'll say they barely cover the spread. 52 to you 27. You say they, they allow 27? I, I say that, yeah. Hmm. I will go, let's see, 55-17. Okay, that's respectable. I just think if South Dakota can score 14 in Oklahoma. That was North, late in the game, in though, after they were. But granted, that one could happen was. in this game. One so. of them was. Yeah. I, one of them was early. Didn't they score early? Early in the, it was in the second half still. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, oh. they were always up 28 nothing at the half. Oh, you're right. But I, I can I can just see. I can I can see Oklahoma giving up maybe at least at least twenty points inside the inside Pasadena. It's a big time game. Big time players get it for big time plays and in, in games. So I can see it happening. But I, rest aside, Oklahoma would still cover fifty two twenty seven. Now people might maybe side eye Oklahoma at that giving up twenty seven. You know before a bye week, but it's still covering the spread. Oklahoma's still boat racing them. Still looks like a blowout. That's all I'm about. Now, Jalen Hurts, after the game, after South Dakota, he had some stuff on his mind. Apparently, it was on Lincoln, not Lincoln, Riley, Benny Wiley's Instagram. This man is in everything except his pad, in the, except his shoulder pads. He was still in his cleats, going to work out. You know, he was working out, working out his pecs. He was doing some uh, some calf raises and stuff like that. In the presser today, I believe they said, you know. Like, well, why'd you go work out after the game? Did you don't have enough. And he said, "Oh, he had some stuff on his mind." And Barry Trammell says, "Oh, what'd you have? What'd you have on your mind?" He said, "Oh, what'd he say?" He said, uh, "I don't know, winning or something like that." He he just said he had some stuff on his mind, or he or that he had work to do. That's what it was. Yeah, oh, he had work to do. He seems a little frustrated. Yeah, and yeah. so my question with, with small things like I, I like we were talking about last week. I mean, he's I'm sure he's generally. Pleased with a lot of things, but not satisfied. Yes, this I think is sort fair. of a continuing theme. Yeah. I think you saw some more of that stuff on Saturday, especially with the offensive line and stuff like that. It wasn't yeah. always crisp offensively. It was kind of sloppy at times, so I'm sure a lot of that was on his mind. Do you think that these possible quotes in the media or actions maybe start to wear on the nerves of the team, or do you think that he's such a great leader because they named him, named him a team captain after only being on campus for seven, eight months? that he's different with the team and he's more of a guy that people want to be surrounded or he based on everything that the players have said i mean granted you can sometimes take that with a grain of salt but they've been raving about him as a leader for so long i I doubt that that's changed over the last two weeks i mean if him and if if him and the kenneth murray we met at big 12 media days are your two leaders of the team 
That's some good hands to be in. Oh, of course. Yeah, plus then you've got Creed Humphrey and Neville Gallimore yeah, as captains definitely. as well. Definitely. I both mean, solid dudes. Both are Kenneth Murray, the unquestioned leader of the defense. I believe uh, Jalen Hurts, seemingly unquestioned leader of the offense. Both kind of quiet guys by the media perspective. Kenneth Murray's more open than Jalen is, but very reserved, very watch me play. I'm going to shut you up sort of deal. And Kenneth Murray's been playing like a butt-kiss guy, and Jalen Hurts has been playing like a Davey O'Brien Heisman sort of guy for the first two weeks. So we'll see how that works. But talking about Saturday, Saturday's post-game presser, Buki, you know, he... I didn't realize Buki was wearing inserts into his pants that had number 44 and OU on it. Did you see that? No, I did not. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, he comes in at his post-game press conference, hair just all out everywhere. He kind of looks like Zeke Elliott with that hair down. He does a little bit, A little bit, he? yeah. I think he just needs a nose ring. Maybe he does have a nose ring. I don't even know. I get, you know, it's, well, anyways. Backpack on, strapped across his chest. He is genuinely excited about this Alex Grinch defense. And the defense is genuinely excited about Alex Grinch and to be able to play for this man. It just it blows my mind that defense can be fun. Because, you know, as it a kid, hasn't been fun for players or fans fun, for yeah. the past five years at least. Because growing up there was a little glimmer of hope in twenty fifteen. Yeah, but that and, was about it. And twenty thirteen when they were. Well, good. thirteen, yeah, yeah. That was Mike Stoops' second year, I guess, back. But it's just like growing up. You know, playing sports, man, I wanted to play defense. Like, oh, you want to be on offense or defense if we had a choice? Like, I want to play safety. I want to go headhunt. I want to go hit some motherfucker and just knock him out if I can because it's so fun to play defense. And you're starting to finally see that attitude, and that's reflective of Alex Grinch. Now, is it getting to dumb penalties sometimes it, it, a little bit <laughs> and i tweeted this out during the game i was like they gotta knock that stupid shit off like and kenneth ray mentioned it he said you have to remain aggressive but not undisciplined yeah and i loved that quote from him because it's exactly Controlled what it means rage is in or what, what what did mike mike leach call it he called it a reckless a play with reckless abandonment not reckless abandon. He said reckless abandonment. I don't know. Maybe it's reckless abandon. Reckless abandonment sounds it, like a terrible childhood situation. Reckless abandon is an actual thing, and it's also a Blink One Eighty Two song from yeah. like the Take Off Your Pants and Jacket album from two thousand one. I was listening to Blink One Eighty Two on the way home. Actually, nice. Yeah, throwback. But I mean, it's just looking at Buki's face talking about playing defense in its Alex Grinch system with Roy Manning. With Alex, uh, with a uh, Calvin Thibodeau finally getting to do his thing, with a Brian Odom who uh, Kenneth Murray coined as the best linebacker coach in America, and you're like, okay, first of all, what the hell was a previous regime doing? Second of all, oh my gosh, you can have fun playing defense at the University of Oklahoma. Wow, amazing! And they said that what they do, they're not having a stupid prop for like a turnover chain. What they do is when they force a three and out or they force a turnover is that they all hold their fist up in the air as a defense. I think that's pretty cool. I like that. I like that. Like, solidarity, bro. Absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm down for it. I mean, did you get it by chance to get to see his presser? It just, his face was, like, filled with joy. And yeah. I, I haven't seen an and Oklahoma defensive player And you can't blame him that. after what he went through a year ago. Oh, man. I've, I've, I felt, I mean, obviously a lot of it was on him, but not all of it. No, yeah, no. He was put in He bad was positions. put in horrible position. He should not have been playing safety. 
It's just bad. But we're playing in a Mike Stoops defense. <laughs> yeah, gosh. And we talk about we talked about coming into the season, Oklahoma returned several starters and returning several guys, and the guys that are playing are not the returning guys that we saw. And Robert Barnes, this man can't even get on the field. No. Barely. And he was your starter for several games last year. Now, does the injury have something to do with it? I bet it has a little bit to do with it. But what does it say when Alex Grinch says, I can't trust any of the other safeties. We're going with DTY. We're going with Patrick Fields. And Robert Barnes, who started several games for you and made a clutch play during the Texas Tech game in Lubbock last year, cannot get on the field at all. Pretty wild. Yeah, it's it's unreal. So, like, defense, the defense. I mean, granted, those two guys had sort of been said to have separating themselves throughout the offseason. But the fact that Robert Barnes wasn't included in that discussion yeah, yeah. or isn't part of the rotation, that part of it's a little surprising. Like, But granted, like you said, Jeremiah Cornell got on the field more in South Dakota versus South Dakota than Robert Barnes did. Not good. And Woody Washington got on the, on the field more than... Robert Barnes. It's just it's amazing to me. So you had about nine guys that starting experience last year, but this year the defense it's not the same old defense. You have Ronnie Perkins getting way more snaps this year. You have a Laurent Stokes. and playing at his more natural position as well. Yes. Granted, he was there out of necessity last right, year at the rush right. linebacker, but and we'll see what happens when Kenneth Mann comes. But I, I you know this. Kenneth Mann's not overtaking Ronnie Perkins. I, there's That's no for way. sure. There's no way. But granted, he can be in the rotation and spell him a lot. He's an experienced guy and a and fairly talented that's guy. That's something we've been saying for a long time is that Kenneth Mann, he's a good player. Yeah. But he's no, by no means an every down guy. No. He's a guy that can play definitely some good good, good snaps for you in very spot spot areas. But Ronnie Perkins, LaRon Stokes, Deshaun White, John Michael Terry, Pat Field, Delarian Turner-Yell, and Jalen Redmond, these are all very new faces to the field and what one two three four five are making pretty nice impacts two games in so far i mean like jalen Hedman had to be triple teamed by houston yeah leron stokes made hey he had a tackle for lost yeah he? yeah when he's not off sides yeah ronnie perkins destroying that side the right side of the defense with a jalen redmond deshaun white looking really fluid john michael terry containing the edge against the houston pat fields dty Granted, two games in, but seemingly being a lot more reliable than maybe Robert Barnes was ever. And Pat Fields played really well in the Orange Bowl game, and people don't really talk about it that much. They Oklahoma secondary played better when he came in. Just really interesting to me that the defense is full of new faces. Isaiah Thomas got in the game last week, uh, this last weekend too, but lots of Oklahoma kids, like a lot of Oklahoma kids. Um, Leron Stokes, Oklahoma kid, John Michael Terry, Oklahoma kid, Pat Fields, Oklahoma kid, Jalen Redmond, Oklahoma kid, Isaiah Thomas, Oklahoma kid, Levi Draper even got some snaps on Saturday. Finally. <laughs> and like, not in the fourth quarter, I'm talking like first, second quarter. Trey Brown, I mean, like, there's something about the defense enjoying playing for a guy. There's something about playing for your home state, and there's something about Brian Odom being the linebackers coach, understanding about playing for your home state, winning a national title. Ada Cougars. Ada Cougars. He's a running back, though. Oklahoma Sooner. Was he a running back fullback? He was, well, kind of a little bit of both. Yes, like, yeah, he, the answer is yes. Yeah, he uh, yeah, he was on the high school team. He was with Jeremy Shockey, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then he went to Southeastern, right, in Durant? Yeah, yeah. And just, there's something about that Oklahoma thing. You, you go back. I'm not saying Oklahoma wins the national title this year. I'm saying you go back. Look at the tape. 
that 2000 Oklahoma defense. Look how many Oklahoma guys were playing on that defense. Too many. Yeah, Rocky Kalmus. There's like eight of them. Yeah, Corey Callens. Both of those two were Jinx guys. Klein. R.I.P. Jinx football, by the way. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. God. Bixby <laughs> decimated those guys. 43 nothing at half. Holy shit. I mean, it's like Owasso Broken Arrow Union time, you know? Yeah. And apparently Bixby time. U- Union's 0-2. Are they? Yeah. Man. Yeah, it, no, what it's uh, yeah, it's Broken Arrow, Owasso, and uh, Bixby is a six eight two, right? Yeah, yeah so they're be. yeah, they're gonna dominate six eight two for sure. So, but man, it's just it's good to see Oklahoma play like this. It's good to see Oklahoma enjoying what they're doing. Now again, two games in season, trying to temper expectations. But if Oklahoma waltzes out of Pasadena with what you think is probably about a forty point win, I think you got to be feeling really good about yourself. Absolutely. But I mean, I concur. We've had guests on this podcast. We've had Dimitri. We've had Kirk Herbstreet. Do you have anything else for this podcast? I think everything has been said. I think it's been a great podcast. I'm looking forward to, uh, I guess, interacting with UCLA fans and stuff oh, like yeah. that. I I always enjoy getting to know fan bases and traveling to their, I guess, milieu and seeing what they're like in nature. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, before, but. That's just the college football nerd in me. And granted, I'm not getting the best sample of it because they're right. butt right now. They're down, yeah. But still looking forward to it. I'm, I mean, I guess we're not going to get really a reprieve from the heat. It's supposed to be 97 degrees in Pasadena on yeah. game day. It's like 80 today. We got a raw deal. But, yeah. oh well. Before we get It'll out of here. It'll be fun, though. Before we get out of here, thoughts on Troy Aikman? Man... I have I've always had mixed feelings on him. He 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 has always seemed way too sour about Oklahoma. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He obviously it didn't necessarily end well for him at Oklahoma. You know, uh, what's his face? Uh, Jerome Brown from Miami broke his leg in yeah. 1985. Then Barry Switzer sort of recommends him to uh, Terry Donahue at UCLA, and they get then he gets a transfer. And then Troy Aikman he's always said, oh well, why didn't you know? Barry Switzer, you know, fight for me and try to keep me around. Why would he do that? Jamel Holloway had was leading the team to a national championship, yeah. and they switched the offense. Like, I mean, it it, it seemed the like Aikman. It seemed like this mutually beneficial situation. But it's been sour grapes for it, some. It reason. is, and like I, I love there. I saw something. He was being interviewed by Joe Buck, and he was talking about how. Oh, well, I didn't really start having fun in college until I went to UCLA. Here's the thing. You were the quarterback at the University of Oklahoma in the mid-80s. Yeah. If you weren't having a good time, that's on you. For real. Very much. Have you heard stories from people who were in school back then? Hmm. OU seemed like a much more fun place at that point than it is right now. Yeah. No dry campus crap back then. Yeah. A lot of, uh, it was the Wild West. Definitely. Fur coats everywhere. Money Fur everywhere. Fur coats was more of a 70s thing. Money was everywhere. Money everywhere. Uh, apparently, if you're, you know, Charles Thompson, uh, drugs everywhere. Cocaine everywhere, yeah. <laughs> but, man, we're gonna, I guess we can wrap up the podcast on that, too, yeah. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, plans for the weekend? Going to California, going man, Going to right? California, leaving Wednesday. Oh, and oh, coming nice, back man. on Monday, so it's going to be a nice long oh, that trip. That is a nice trip. Actually staying 
first two nights with my buddy. He lives in Riverside, which is kind of out there. But then Friday night, we're going to Pasadena and staying there and staying there Saturday night. So it's going to be, yeah, you know, mix it up with all the OU fans that traveled out there and stuff like that. It's going to be fun. Yeah, like the uh, old Pasadena, the Colorado Street mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. OU fans, apparently that is where to go if you're in Pasadena. So if you see me out there, you probably won't recognize me, but know that I'm there. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps us up. So, hey, go follow us and listen to us, and you can find the podcast. You can find all the articles at crimsonandcreammachine.com, which is brought to you guys by SB Nation. You can follow Jack at CC Machine or J. Larry Shields. I'm Kamen Robbie and at Robbie and CCM. Follow Alan Kenny at Blatant Homerism. He does a great job with the podcast as well. I mean, he's probably going to drop one, what, in the next couple of days? Probably, yeah. Yeah, but the odds. He, and, and, yeah. he always has good stuff. He I does. Mean, it's great. But iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts. Find us on any of these apps. Five stars. Give us five stars. Give us a rating. Tell us what you think, and we'll check you guys later.